you know, Bob, I hope this finds you well and that you are having a deadly day and doing something to take care of yourself, something to bring you joy, something to develop yourself, a moment of gratitude and doing something to contribute something of value to the world, whether that's taking care of yourself so that enables you to be the person that you want to be or you smile at someone, you go and help someone that you love or that you know needs a hand. It's these little things that add up to the big things. It's my final day in Puerto Rico and I wanted to have a yarn with you about um, how I've been balancing training while traveling and preparing for the first competition of the year. So 2023 is the year I have decided that I want to have a crack at returning back to um, international competition. So the competitions that I'm planning on attending is the Worlds in May in LA, if not a comp either before that or after that. Uh, to use that competition as a foundation to prepare for the world championship, the Masters World Championships in September in Vegas and the Abu Dhabi World Championships in, in Abu Dhabi in November. And that's one that I'm hoping and planning on and working towards being able to take the whole family so that we can all compete and do something that I've dreamed of for the last seven years since I started jiu-jitsu, which is taking our whole family on an international trip to do jiu-jitsu and to see a part of the world that we've, that the kids have never seen before. However, I've made a commitment to myself and a promise to myself and a promise to my children and my family that there will be no international competitions for me this year unless it is a funded thing, whether it be I get business opportunities in those areas and I can weave the business trip and the competition trip together so that um, the trip pays for itself or I'm also working towards um, and committing to getting sponsorship this year because my family's sacrificed enough in terms of finances and funding my international career pre-COVID. So as a matter of integrity and in alignment with my values and my determination to set my family up for um, success and their and our financial well-being, jiu-jitsu cannot, uh, my family cannot afford to pay for my jiu-jitsu. So I have to figure it out. And the thing is, this is important enough to me. I felt the fire last year and it's something I think about on a daily basis is being able to get back to my training more consistently is being able to develop my skills and be able to build the foundation so I can be the athlete that can go after a world title, that I can work towards my black belt, I can build my game up, I can build my mindset up and I can build my technical abilities up and my physical uh, my physical body to be able to execute the moves that I want to be able to execute so that I can I can work towards my black belt and then work towards the bigger dream of becoming a black belt world champion. Now, why does this even matter at this point in time? How does me be getting my black belt, how does me going back to international competition or becoming a black belt world champion serve the world? How is it bigger than me? 
That's a really good question. Um, that's something I'm figuring out. A sport has the ability to change the world. Sport has the ability to change lives. It brings people together. You can look at any athlete that has come from challenging backgrounds and they can say that finding that sport and the pursuit of those goals has saved their life. It's, it's given them a deeper meaning and, and a vehicle to engage with themselves and life in a more meaningful way than they were prior to connecting with that. Uh, a lot of people who get involved with martial arts use martial arts as a form of healing or a form of um, becoming their best self. And there's a lot of research at the moment uh, around female athletes as vehicles for cha for social change. And this is something I want to learn more and more about so I can understand for myself and be able to articulate the power and the, and the return on investment of investing in female athletes as vehicles for social change and impact. Role models matter. When we see someone doing something phenomenal, there's a story of a guy um, called uh, Richard or Robert Bannister, and he was a sprinter. And prior to him doing his thing, the world did not believe that human beings were able to run the um, a, a four-minute mile. And he did it. Like this guy proved that it is possible to run a four-minute mile. And after he did it, after he proved that it was possible, in a matter of weeks, people were breaking that record and, and beating his time. And in a matter of months, thousands of people have done it because sometimes it takes someone going first to show others what is possible and to build that belief system and to just sometimes give us permission that it's possible for us to, especially when we see someone that looks like us uh, comes from our cultural background, is the same gender. Something about their story connects with us and goes, I can see myself in their story. And then they look at what you're doing and who you are and they go, if that person can do it, then so can I. And for me, there's the, the journey to black belt is so much bigger than me and it is so much bigger than becoming a black belt world champion. And at the same time, it's not. For me, all of my other world titles were won in the pursuit of, in the service of others. The first world title was to prove that I could. The second world title was to prove that it wasn't a fluke and to, to make my community and my family proud. And then the third one was to show my excellence and my determination that, um, I was going to take this as far as I was, as, as far as I could. I wanted to find out my own what if. I wanted to find out how far I could go if I believed in myself and I showed up. And then COVID happened, my baby happened and I was retiring. And then this calling came, same as it did the first time. My ancestors have called me to take this path. They haven't shown me the reason why or how this weaves into my my work with, with Kilalana, my my role and my determination to change the narrative about 
First Nations people in Australia and what we are capable of, changing and challenging the, the narrative around what it means to be a mother, a mature age athlete, turning 40. The fact that I'm turning 40 in November and that I'm, that's not old, that I don't have to settle for what life gives me. I can go up, I can, I can go after what in, I can go after in life what I want or what I feel called to do. I don't have to be limited by my circumstances. I just need to figure it out and, and understand how that going after that thing weaves together with the other things that are important to me or that are, I have obligations to. And me being an international athlete at 40, being based in regional Australia as a First Nations woman and inspiring others to show up and see what is possible for them, what's important to them, that's a part of it. But the bigger parts I'm still working out and doing my research. And weaving it back into my trip to Puerto Rico, it's been really hard and challenging to be able to be consistent in my training or I haven't been able to be consistent in my jiu-jitsu training at least, but I can be consistent with my physical training, with my mindset and building up my body so that when I can get to jiu-jitsu, I have the foundations I need physically to be able to learn or practice jiu-jitsu. So since I've been traveling, I've been focusing on mobility. I've been focusing on using all the knowledge from the last 10 years of being an athlete and the foundations of the access that I've had to amazing elite coaches and use that knowledge to put together 15 minute workouts to get it done. And just to add another side note, I also had to cut weight over the last two weeks. So the competition that I'm competing at is uh, Saturday, the 4th and Sunday, the 5th of February in Sydney. And I was currently sitting at 100 kilos at the start of January. I have to be under 95 kilos to be um, able to compete in this competition. So I've the things I've done is to eat really, really clean, drink lots of water and um, cut out things that I know don't work well for my system like dairy. Uh, I've been really tight on the sugar and uh, cut out bread and Major, as much wheat as I can because it, it doesn't mess well. It messes with my system. That has really played a big difference in my weight cut. And it wasn't like I stopped myself from enjoying my holiday or my trip. Like I wasn't blindly um, disciplined and, and focused. I had I had balance in there. I had perspective in there. I ate an ice cream with my kids when I wanted to. I had frozen yogurt. We had... So I had moments where I allowed myself to indulge so that I, because I knew that 80% of the time I was doing the work. So that allowed me the 20% of the time where I could indulge and enjoy myself and, and be able to have moments and experiences where I had, I had balance between my focus on preparing for the competition and being able to enjoy those little moments with my family. Even being here in Puerto Rico, the first night I got here, I went out to dinner. Um, I tried some cocktails here because they they make the most amazing mojitos here and I've been sampling the local food and I've been balancing that out with intermittent fasting, drinking plenty of water and ensuring that I get lots of fruits and vegetables. So being able to train and prepare for competition while I'm traveling for work is not easy and it's 
It can be a little bit mentally draining trying to map it out. The thing that has allowed me to be able to do that is my connection to my purpose and to my why and knowing that the little things that I do now and being consistent, it has compounding interest over time and that it will it will build solid foundations that I need that when I can get to training or get to the mats, I can really maximize that time. So it's about being efficient, intentional and focused with the time that I do have available rather than stressing about what I don't have access to. So this is this is my the start of my year. Um, I'm a bit, uh, not a bit, I'm a lot nervous about this competition and how I'm going to go. But that's also a part of the training is this competition is really for me to get a gauge or a baseline of where I'm at and what's my starting point. Where's my mindset at? Where's my physical uh, body at? Where's my gas tank at? And where's my technical abilities at? and my competition mindset and then from that footage from that experience I can then create my training plan for the year like what are the goals and then each competition will be its its own focus but also a marker in the journey towards uh, the world championships in the year and even those are markers in the bigger journey of working towards my black belt and my ultimate dream of becoming a black belt world champion. So this year I'm really committing my business focus to getting my story to a global platform, being able to share my story in different mediums, whether it be podcasts, in in media, I'm writing my book, Suicide to World Champion, the journey and lessons in the becoming of the Barkindji Warrior. And that's going to be my business. My business is my brand and my story. And I'm going to be learning more about sponsorship and the things that I can bring value to potential sponsors and then using that as another business focus is I'm in the business of becoming a sponsored athlete in 2023 so that I can take care of my family and make a return to international competition. So the biggest thing here is if you have something that's important enough to you that calls to your soul or that you're you feel like something else is calling you to do, you can figure it out. And it's not necessarily about that thing becoming the sole focus where everything falls away because that's not necessarily viable for some of us. I have six kids. I have a life to live. I've got cultural responsibilities. I've got businesses to run and I've got bills to pay. So, and that's another reason why I was also came to Puerto Rico was because I, the whole Summit was called Return on Investment and Rachel Rogers' community is called Hello Seven, Seven Figures, teaching women how to become millionaires. And she is now a eight or eight-figure business and she's working her way up towards nine and ten figures. And being around that just gives you a sense of possibility. It gives you a sense of permission because there's other people out there doing things that you want to do. They make you realize that it is, that it is doable, that it is there. And you've just got to be willing to figure it out, try things, try again, see what works and what doesn't work for you. So I'll keep, I'll, my, my next podcast will probably be a reflection of the, the competition and how that goes. So big love you mob and I'll keep you up to date.